your Locked On Maple Leafs, your daily podcast on the Toronto Maple Leafs, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Leafs podcast, your one-stop shop for all things Leafs. I'm your host, Mike DiStefano from TSN 1050 Toronto Radio, also known as Al's brother from TSN's Overdrive. You can hit me up on Twitter at Mickey underscore Canuck. Follow the show as well at Locked On Leafs. Uh, if you like what you hear today, please consider subscribing to the podcast and leave a rating and review as well. Some of you guys have left some ratings and uh, some reviews, and uh, I could tell because actually my numbers for this podcast are going up. And that's exactly what happened. Happens when people, you know, rate, uh, subscribe, and review. It, it ends up based on algorithms, you know, math, science, not my strong suit, but somehow, some way, uh, it puts the podcast in front of more people because more people are listening, more people are recommending, commenting, just the way that algorithms work. So if you could take just a few moments out of your day um, and go ahead and, and leave uh, a review and as well uh, a five star rating if you would like. I suppose if you're not a big fan, you could leave a lesser rating but uh you know if you're gonna do that you know don't even don't even bother leaving a a rating but if you're gonna leave five stars you go right ahead because you're my favorite um (laughs) all right guys um today's podcast is actually brought to you by the locked on nhl podcast so um if you guys aren't aware I've, i've talked about this many times but maybe you're new to the pod and if you are welcome thanks for giving us a shot just reminder that uh you know starting again mid september we'll be back to daily maple leafs episodes daily content uh but for now just a few days a week as we are in the off season the dog days and well there's not much to talk about to be quite honest with you but over on locked on nhl we do still have daily shows and what we're actually working on right now is the NHL locked on NHL's top 50 list. So all 32 local hosts. So myself at Locked On Leafs. You know, you've got Laura and Scott over from Locked On Canadians. We've talked to them a whole bunch. You know, we've got Joe DiBiase, Locked On Sabres. We've got a whole bunch of guys. You know, Ross Levitan, Locked On Sends. Every single one of us put together a top 75 list in the NHL. Top 75 players in the NHL. And then from there, um, based on the average ranking, they compiled a consensus top 50 list. And we've started to roll that out on the Locked On NHL podcast Um and that's actually what uh, what we're going to be talking about today because on yesterday's show or on Tuesday's show, Joe DiBiase and I, I do the Tuesday show uh, every every week with Joe DiBiase, myself and, and he from Locked On Sabres, we get you covered on what's going on in the Eastern Conference. That's what we do. But during the offseason, it's, it's more so we just talk about whatever's going on. And right now we're unveiling the top 50 list and we started it with yesterday's podcast with the snubs list. So we went through... Who was snubbed? So I'm not really going to go over the snubs here on this podcast because I spent 45 minutes doing it yesterday on Locked On NHL. So if you're curious to see who the rest of the snubs are um, who just missed the top 50 list, go ahead and check out the Locked On NHL podcast uh, from the other day. But I will tell you that there was a Maple Leaf who made the snub list, and I'm going to chat a little bit about it and uh, give my thoughts on where I had him ranked and if I thought that it was worthy of being snubbed or if this is a guy who should be in the top 50. And uh, so I'm going to do that in, in uh, well, let's just get right to it. Why not? Uh, Morgan Riley was the player, actually, who was just on the outside looking in, not ranked in the top 50. Um, 
in the top 50 NHLers. And I'm curious what you guys think. If if you guys had to compile a list of 50 NHLers, the top 50 NHLers, would Morgan Riley be in your top 50? Because at first when I saw it, I was like, oh, really? No, Morgan Riley? But, but then I thought about it. You know what? I did this list, and I think I actually omitted him from the top 50. Because we did it as just like 75. We ranked our top 75 players. And I, I think when I did it, I believe I had Morgan Riley ranked at like 54 or 55. Um, and was on the outside looking in for myself. So... Morgan Riley is uh, is considered, though, one of the snubs. And I, I know a couple of seasons ago, 72 points, 20 goals. There's not many players out there that do what this guy does. He's a workhorse for this team. You know, plays upwards of 25 minutes a night, especially in the playoffs. Um, and he's been this team's number one for years now, really. And... You know, is that worthy of being a top 50 selection? Well, to me, it was not. Like I said, I put him just on the outside looking in, and it seems like my colleagues uh, over at Locked On NHL felt the same. Um, Didn't quite have a a terrific year offensively the last couple seasons. Um, You know, obviously, we talk a lot about the struggles of the power play for this team, and he's a big reason for it. He just doesn't have that big, booming shot that I think is necessary for a power play to really succeed, having that threat from the point. It's just not really there. He's smart. He's cerebral. He knows, you know, where to put the puck. He can put it, you know, he's a good passer and a good skater, but he's missing that one key element, I think, that makes him an elite player and it it is having a lethal booming shot. I think if 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 Morgan Riley had that, I think he would have made my top 50 cuz for me that was probably one of the differences that's keeping him from being the elite of the elite, right? Like you're talking top 50 out of a league of of almost a thousand guys. Yeah, you're talking about the elite of the elite and I think a, a booming slap shot is really what is missing from Morgan Riley's arsenal to put him into that category. So um, he was considered one of the, the big snubs from the top 50 list that that people thought maybe he could sneak in there, but ultimately uh, he did not. So let me know, guys, uh, on Twitter at Mickey underscore Canuck or hit me up uh, at Locked on Leafs if you believe that Morgan Riley should have been included in the top 50. Maybe even I was wrong. But if you think he is, let me know. Or uh, I guess you could also let me know if you think he's properly rated and where you would rank him if you were to do a top 50s list. Uh, All right, so that was uh, the lone Maple Leafs snub. There are obviously uh, a number of Maple Leafs who made the top 50 list. I cannot tell you yet who that is because we'll be unveiling these over the next couple of weeks on the Lockdown NHL show. But we're doing them 10 picks at a time. So we did the snubs yesterday, and then on Friday, they're going to be doing uh, 50 through 40, or through 41, technically. uh, And... Only when a Maple Leafs gets unveiled am I able to talk about it. So you guys will know, uh, you know, where the Maple Leafs and which Maple Leaf ends up inside the top 50 and where they end up voted. I'm curious now, before it gets told, before it gets unveiled, how many you guys think there are in the top 50? How many Maple Leafs would you put inside the top 50, and where would you rank them? It's it's really a fun exercise to, to think about, because I think uh, more ended up in the top 50 than I thought would. I think when I submitted my list, 
I had less Maple Leafs on mine in the top 50 than actually made the top 50. I don't know if I'm spoiling things on you here uh, or what, but um, I think you'll be pleasantly surprised as to where a couple of these guys pop up here on this list. And to keep engaged with it, go and subscribe to the Locked On NHL pod. Uh, it's it's a good podcast, and like I said, I'm a part of it as well. I'm on the, the Tuesday shows, but there are shows each and every day of the week. Um, but on the Tuesdays and Fridays shows of each week, we'll be doing these top 50 lists. All right, we'll take a quick break and uh, hear a word from our show sponsors. And when we get back, we'll go around the league a little bit. There's not as much Maple Leafs news these days, but there is some other news around the league. So we'll go around the league and get that to you. But first, here's a word from our show sponsors. Bet online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on your sports action. The NHL playoffs are in full swing, and you can track all the action at betonline.ag. Get all the latest news, odds, and info on your sports needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all your UFC, MMA action, and more. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Head to the website and use your mobile device to sign in today. Use a promo code LOCKEDON and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's promo code LOCKEDON for 50% off your first deposit at betonline.ag. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. All right, welcome to the Locked On NHL podcast. Uh, <laughs> the Locked On Lease podcast. This is not the Locked On NHL cast. I've been talking about it for the last little bit. It almost got stuck in my brain. No, this is the Locked On Leafs podcast. And thank you for joining me. I'm Mike DiStefano, the host of this show. Um, I know I said I'm going to go around the league a little bit, and, and I am. I will get there. But, uh, well, I guess this is kind of an around the league topic and conversation. But I was having a chat on 1050 earlier with uh, Gareth Wheeler, and we brought up the fact, or rather he brought up the fact, I think he read this somewhere, um, but he brought up the fact that maybe the NHL pushed to put the divisions back too soon. And I'll explain. Uh, I'll explain here. So obviously COVID is still afoot. COVID is not uh, not going away as quickly as as I think we thought, and it seems like we are inevitably going to get a fourth wave. I think whether you're in the states or in Canada, it seems to be coming. We seem to be going backwards in numbers, not uh, not forwards, and and that's really unfortunate. But because of that, and because it we're, there are still likely to be some uh, some restrictions and whatnot. The conversation came about that maybe they should have to get less international travel because, I mean, if, if you guys are Americans or if you guys are listening to this pod right now, I know there are some Americans and there are some internationals. Canadians cannot go to America. Like, we still are not allowed there. Now, you can technically fly there, and, and you can, but I cannot get in my car. Like, I live in Niagara Falls, Ontario, borders Niagara Falls, New York. I cannot get in my car and just say, yep, just come to visit family and then Go across the border and come home. I, I cannot do that. They'll say, nope, you cannot enter. You do not have a good enough or legitimate reason to enter. Now, you can fly, but that's 
hella expensive. Um, yet Americans can come to Canada all willy nilly, all good. I think you need to have you need to just show that you you've had a negative test the last three days, and you're good to go. Um, but that's so so for those who are unaware of the border issues uh, within Canada and U.S., uh, that's where it stands as of now. But because of that, I just I, I wonder if maybe the the NHL should have potentially kept the Northern Division around for one more season. I, I know that it was a little bit of a pain. I know at one point we all got pretty sick and tired of it, like playing nine, eight, nine, ten games against the same teams. It did get a little bit... Uh, a little bit taxing, I guess, kind of, and by the end of it, pretty much all of us were ready to move on. But I'm not suggesting that it's the exact same thing. I'm not suggesting that we have uh, nine games and you only play divisional games. I think you do play a regular season schedule where you go outside of your division, uh, like regularly, but a bulk of the games would be played in Canada against the these teams, and that would limit the amount of international travel that is being made. That is more so what I am suggesting maybe they could have thought about. Um, I, I don't know if that was a thought. I, I, I haven't read anything or heard anything from the league, but it was just a, a, a conversation that we were having on the show, and I thought it was it was a really interesting take. You know, like, I, I get that we pretty well brushed it off and was like, okay, let's get back to the way that the the divisions were. We'll have a regular schedule. Um, And, and, you know, COVID seems to be going away. They're opening up buildings. We had packed fans in the playoffs. Surely by September and October, things should be even bigger. Maybe we can even have fans here in Toronto. Uh, You know, we've got 15,000 people attending the outdoor facilities at the Rogers Center and, and at BMO. Maybe by October, we can have 15,000 people packed inside the Scotiabank Arena. And I just don't know if that's going to be the case anymore, right? Like, we were just going in such a good direction, and this seems like these this, this variant um, is just kicking ass at the end of the day like it is and i i shouldn't laugh it's it sucks like they're you know we're losing lives and um you know we're losing just our days like there's just not not much going on for people um but i just wonder if the nhl if they could do have a do-over and they had a schedule in place where they could potentially do it this way where they would limit the international travel uh just based on you know having to get sign off from everybody I, I i don't know we'll see if there ends up being a change in quarantine for people going cross border i know right now there's not uh, as long as you're you're negative and whatnot but i wonder if that changes if you know the the uh rate of positivity goes through the roof and it's it's a little different now considering that we we're you know a majority of us are vaccinated so it changes the conversation a little bit but i still wonder if that is something that the nhl if given the opportunity in hindsight would they keep the northern division and keep the divisions the way they were a year ago still have cross divisional play but it would limit the amount of international border travel that's that's what i'm getting at so, I don't know, you could let me know your thoughts on that. I, I 
like I said, it was just a, a thought, a conversation. I thought I'd bring it to the pod and, and maybe, you know, let you guys kind of uh, listen in on it and, and think on it yourselves and come up with, you no know, something else. <laughs> come up with an idea yourself uh, or your thoughts on that. Um, all right, let's take one more quick break. When we get back, we'll get to some, some league news here on the Locked on Lease podcast. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. Did you know that the Built Bar has nine delicious flavors plus the occasional limited time only? Right now, they've got Grasshopper Cookie. It is phenomenal. And when you talk to a Built Bar fan, they're definitely passionate about all of their favorites. If you don't know the Built Bar flavors, well, you're missing out. You got coconut, coconut almond, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, and salted caramel. So there's something for everyone. And know this, my favorite flavor, the peanut butter brownie. It is fantastic. And if you haven't tried all the flavors, you can get a mix box where you'll get two of each of the nine flavors that we provide. And not only are the Built Bar flavors the best tasting, but they're healthy too. They're great for the health conscious guy or gal, but also good for the keto diet. Most of the flavors have 17 grams of protein, just 130 calories, only 4 grams of sugar, and only 4 grams of net carbs. Order today and get that raspberry or mint brownie or whatever you like and get it now. Go to BuiltBar.com. Use the promo code LOCKED15. You'll get 15% off your first order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Welcome back to the Locked On Lease podcast. Um... Look, I lied to you guys again. I lied again. I, I actually want to go in a different direction. Something just popped up here uh, on my Twitter timeline, and I clicked on it. I thought it was a really interesting read from The Athletic. Uh, I believe it's done by Dom LeCision uh, of The Athletic, and it's a, it's entitled 2021 NHL Front Office Rankings. Fans weigh in on every team. So all of these teams are ranked in terms of how the fans feel about their front office. So... Real interesting, um, interesting concept here. Let's go ahead and see where the Leafs rank. So they rank 18th. I don't know exactly what these numbers mean, to be quite honest with you. So bear with me as I go through this. Like I said, I just saw it pop up, so I'm kind of just going through it. Um, in terms of roster building, they're middle of the pack. It looks like the fan base ranks them as 15th. Cat management, somehow 19th. I have no idea how they're ranked there. But public opinion has them ranked way lower at 25th, which makes way more sense. So I don't know if the fans feel like they're, uh, they feel better about the team. I, I, I don't know what, what that is all about. I, I, Definitely, I think in terms of cap management, this is one of the worst teams in the league when it comes to to their cap. But anyways, I digress. Uh, draft to develop. Middle of the pack, public opinion, uh, ranked them 16th. The fan base ranked them 18th. So looks like uh, the court of public opinion, a little more high on the Maple Leafs prospects than the fan base themselves, which I think is probably appropriate. Um, I've talked a few times on this podcast 
about how Leaf fans consistently talk about a barren cupboard. That's just simply not true, simply not the case. They actually do have a a couple of decent prospects who could turn out to be NHLers. Do they have a William Nylander and a Matt Austin Matthews and and a Morgan Riley in in their cupboard? Maybe not. But they still have some useful NHLers, and I think that you look at uh, the the prospect pool, middle of the pack at 16th, I think makes a lot of sense. Uh, trading. How is this team when it comes to trading? Public opinion has them in 20th out of 32 teams, ranked 20th, and the fan base a little bit higher on them, 17th. Well, this is, this is interesting because I, I wonder how exactly this was addressed. I don't know if it says anything here. There's more so of just what they're talking here. It's okay. So, yeah, I guess this is just based on last season, I guess. So, maybe based on last season, yes, I would agree with the fact that they're probably not a good trading team just because they gave up quite a bit for Nick Felino. It didn't work out. But I've stated publicly on this podcast many times I thought it was the right call, I thought that it wasn't that much to give up. It was probably market value to give up. And it just didn't work out. Like in hindsight, okay, it didn't work out. But it made sense at the time. And I think there's a a bunch of trades that make sense. The only trade that really like goes down as a big time L at this point, I think, uh, is like the Kadri trade. The Kadri trade didn't work out at all. But even then, like, it made sense. Like, at the time, we were parading that Tyson Berry, this savior, right shot, power play specialist defenseman, was going to come to Toronto, and it was going to be, you know, all sunshine and and rainbows. Didn't turn out that way. But we thought it was going to be good. Uh, Free agency. Public opinion ranks him ninth out of 32 clubs. Fan base, tenth. Yeah, I mean, I guess that makes sense. Although Toronto, when it comes to free agency, they haven't been able to do much recently. So maybe this is like the fan base. Like, yeah, they've been savvy. They haven't had a lot of money. So they're getting guys like Michael Bunting and and Nick Ritchie. And last year they got TJ Brody, which was a really good signing. Zach Bogosian was a really good signing. You know, so maybe they're looking at it that way. Uh, But, I mean, they... There's just no star factors here. Brody was a good one, so let's not let's not include Brody there. But outside of him, I mean, they haven't really had many impactful free agents outside of John Tavares. How many impactful free agents have they really had? Like Muzzin was traded, so he doesn't count. You drafted and developed uh, Matthews. Morgan Riley, Mitch Marner, William Nylander. You traded for Jack Campbell. You traded for Freddie Anderson. So, like, they, there's not many big-time free agents that they've signed. They haven't really been in the market because, I mean, after signing Tavares and giving those big contracts to the core four, they haven't really been in the market to sign anyone of any significance in free agency. And I'm sorry... As much as I think David Kampf might be an okay player, like a decent bottom six, you know, fourth line penalty killing center, he's not someone where I'm going to say, yeah, that was a great signing. Let's, uh, you know, top 10 in free agency. 
So I, I, I'm a little lower on them than uh, than public opinion and the fan base. I, I probably would put them in the in the back half around like 16, 17, or something like that. Vision. Public opinion has them at 12, and the fan base has them at 13. So what's interesting is that outside of cap management, it seems like the fan base and public opinion is pretty well within range of each other. Um, so, the, yeah, vision 12 and then 13. Yeah, so pretty well within range of each other, which is surprising. That means that uh, the Toronto fan base, well, it means two things. It means, one, you guys are are knowledgeable and in touch with what's going on. But I'm surprised because a lot of people look at this this fan base and they say, oh, they're rabid. They think that, that they think that they're the best. Or, oh, they they complain about everything. Everything's the end of the world. And, you know, it's 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 always on the extreme of both ends, the way that Leaf fans get talked about. When really, if you look, you know, we have, are very rational compared to the public opinion. The only one that's different is the cap management. And I'm more on the public opinion side where the Leafs have had awful cap management. So really interesting uh, interesting article here from uh, from Don Lecision. Let's see what uh, what some quotes are here from some people. Uh, quote, by no means as bad as uh, as we fans make them out to be, but the problem has been obvious. Lack of urgency and or killer instinct. Nothing has been done to seriously address this. So that was, uh, that was one of the quotes done by a fan who filled out this survey. Uh, here's another one. I was really confident in Dubis, but... With the flat cap, bad asset management, and not having any draft picks make a difference in, in a year. I don't see how this roster can win. Let's read one more. It's not that I don't believe in the intelligence of the front office, but it's more so that anything they do seems to end up surprising and embarrassing failure, despite signs that would point to improvement. That one I probably most agree with, to be honest with you. It's not that I don't believe in the intelligence of the front office, because I believe in them. And I think that the moves that they make are, are, are savvy moves, smart moves, the right moves. But they end in failures, despite signs that they would point to improvement. <laughs> like, that's, that is, that's actually like a bang-on explanation of the problem with this team. Bang-on explanation. Like, you think about it. You thought that trading away Kadri to bring in Tyson Berry was going to improve this team? Well, it did not. It was an embarrassing failure. You thought bringing in Joe Thornton was going to improve this team? Might have called it an embarrassing failure, but it it didn't quite work out the way that they intended on it working out. The Nick Felino trade. In hindsight... It was supposed to work and help this team, but now he only played a handful of games. They were out in the first round, and they were out of first-round pick. An embarrassing failure, despite signs that it would point to improvement. That is such a perfect, perfect line. Perfect line. So that is what the fan base has to say. Let's see what Dom LeCision had to say. So bear with me because this is uh, three paragraphs here. 
little little chunky, but this is what Dom Lecision had to say after the rankings. This is what continuous and unparalleled playoff embarrassment gets you. Two-thirds of the fan base surveyed feeling less confident than they did a year ago. Only 4.4% are more confident, the second lowest mark in the league. Toronto has fallen 11 spots to 18th out of the top 10 and into the league's bottom half. So last year when this was done, they were 7th. So you go from the 7th most confident front office to 18th over the course of this past season. That's pretty That's pretty telling. And if you're Kyle Dubas, that's that's got to be scary. He continues to say, And remember that there's likely some sampling bias from this survey being filled out by the athletic readers who have an analytical slant. Okay, fair. Uh, there's likely a whole subsection of fans who are much lower on the team. The point is the fans are angry and they have every right to be. Oh, so he thinks that there are... Oh, oh. So he thinks that the, the athletic readers are more high on this team than the average everyday fan because the analytic the, the analytics look good. That's interesting. Okay. You guys let me know how you feel about that. Are you if you're an analytic fan, you are you you believe in analytics, do you give this team a a, a passing grade? Do you think that they are better than what the results gave you based on how the numbers tell you they played? Or do you not even care and you say, look, they got eliminated in the first round by the Montreal Canadiens after being up 3-1? to one. Let me know on Twitter at Mickey Nassau Canuck your thoughts on that one. Uh, he continues to say, I don't think management is as poor as it's made out to be here. The cap situation isn't nearly as bad as it's made out to be. The roster is a strong one, and the team does generally fare well in free agency. But it's getting extremely difficult to defend a process that continues to yield the same results. Over and over, year after year, it's fair to question the vision of the organization, especially after a season where they've caved to their detractors only to see their biggest playoff embarrassment yet. It's fair to question the team's trading ability when they pay an arm and a leg for Nick Foligno at the deadline. It's fair to question the drafting and developing when the post-first-round pipeline hasn't yielded much. The article goes on to say Toronto doesn't have a bad team, but it does have a broken one until proven otherwise. This season feels like the last chance for this front office to prove their vision works as fans are growing extremely impatient after the team blew its best shot. It's now or never. Absolutely. Absolutely. It is definitely now or never. There's a piece also up on tsn.ca written by Travis Yost, and he says this is the Leafs' last dance. If you guys, uh, I don't know if you guys watched the the last dance documentary uh, of Michael Jordan last year. Kind of came out uh, about last summer, uh, early last summer, and it was fantastic. But, you know, this has similar feelings this is like the last chance the last shots the last dance for this core for this management for this coaching staff to get it right and i wonder how like how much they have to win if they just win one playoff round is that enough to keep the flies off if they make it to round two does that satisfy you or do you need to see a big year of the Maple Leafs? That's my question. You know, like, we are growing extremely impatient, for sure. And it seems like this team is actually getting worse. Based off of last year, like, they're not terribly worse. 
But I don't think they're as good a team. The roster, at least, is not as good. And they're now in a much tougher division than they were in the North Division. Now you got to go up against Tampa and Boston and Florida, who has had a really good offseason. You're going to have a tough Ottawa team who's younger and scrappy. They've got another year under their belt. You know, I, I mean, Montreal gave us a lot of problems in the playoffs. You're going to have to face them six times a year. Yeah, you'll get the, the, the odd game against Buffalo and Detroit. But make no mistake about it. There's only three divisional playoff spots. The Leafs aren't guaranteed one of them. The Leafs aren't guaranteed to make a wild card spot. The Leafs are not guaranteed to make the playoffs next year. And I know not even that they're like not guaranteed is in a literal sense. No team is guaranteed. But I think the Maple Leafs are going to have to fight and claw to get into the playoffs next year. I've somewhat soured on this team a little bit over the course of the summer. I kind of have. I, I, I started, you know, figuring out, you know, as I saw Boston get a little bit better, as I saw... Uh, Tampa, you know, remain competitive and remain a, a, a good team. As I saw, the Florida Panthers make some good signings and some good trades. I think the the Atlantic or the Metropolitan is going to be a, a, a really good division. I worry that this last dance, this last chance, this final opportunity for this team, this core, this management to do something is increasingly more difficult this season than it would have been last season. So I'd be worried if I'm Kyle Dubas. If I'm the Maple Leafs brass, the coaching staff, the core four, it doesn't work this year. I think there's going to be some changes next offseason. And that's what happens when you run it back. And that's essentially what they're doing. That's what Kyle Dubas is doing. He trusts his process. But after year, after year, after year, if the process yields no results, the Leafs are going to have to move on. I'll be curious to see what happens. Going to be an interesting season. And we'll have plenty of time to talk about that throughout the course of the next month or so until training camp kicks off. Uh, all right, that's going to do it for me here today on the podcast. I'd like to thank you all for listening and supporting the show. You can subscribe to the Lockdown Leafs podcast on all podcasts and platforms and receive daily Leafs content. Follow myself on Twitter at Mickey underscore Canuck. Follow the show at Lockdown Leafs. I'll be back with another episode later in the week, but until then, keep it locked right here on Lockdown Leafs.